Hello everybody and welcome into episode number 285 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 1 Peter chapter 5 today and our focus is on the power of humility and how should I pastor God's church. Well, we are a daily 10 or so minute podcast where our goal is to get into the Word of God chapter by chapter and to invite you along with us for the ride. Every day we read one chapter or two and think about the Word, ask questions of the Word, study the Word, seek to understand the Word, and follow the Word of God. I want to welcome aboard new listeners from the Czech Republic, Osaka, Japan, One Night in Bangkok, Thailand, Chattisgarh, India, Parts Unknown, Russia, and Finland, Ogun, Nigeria, Northern Ireland, United Kingdom, Alberta, Canada, Detroit, Michigan, Kansas City, Missouri, Miami, Florida, Sacramento, California, Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina, Tallahassee, Florida, and Burlington, Vermont. Thank you all for joining us. I hope that uh, this podcast will fuel in you a hunger for more of the Word of God. Our website is Bible2021.com. That's Bible2021.com. Let's begin with a word to pastors, elders, and church leaders from Peter. 1 Peter 5, 2-3 says, Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Well, let's call this seminary in about 50 words. I think it's 52 exactly if you're being pedantic. Perspective pastors and church leaders who walk in these commands and truths in these 50 or so words will do better than if they had five degrees from seminary and ignored these commands. And I'll say that as a fan of seminary. Here's what Peter says to pastors and leaders in these three short verses. Number one, shepherd or pastor God's flock. That means to take care of people like a shepherd takes care of sheep. Feed them with the word of God. Protect them. Care for them. Help them when they are hurting and as best as you can, rescue them when they are straying. Don't do this because you're forced, but do it willingly and eagerly, with passion. There's not a lot of room for complaining about the people you are shepherding here. And by the way, the word for shepherding and the word for pastoring, pretty much the same Greek word. All right, number two thing we learned from First Peter 5, these three verses. Don't pastor for money. This means you should not get rich off of the church. This further means that it is absolutely shameful to be a pastor or church leader and ask people to donate for your personal jet or some other ridiculous thing like that. Number three, do not lead by force or dominance and bullying and harshness. That may be the way leadership works in the world in some cases, but it is most certainly not the way of the kingdom. Instead, says Peter, Lead with humility, not only acting humble, but being absolutely clothed with humility. Number four, leading in this way, says Peter, will grant you a crown of glory. Now, I'm not sure exactly what we're talking about here, like a literal crown or uh, a metaphorical crown, but Peter says this crown is unfading. And I take that to mean an eternal reward from God for shepherding his people with humility, love, care, eagerness, and compassion. Finally, number five, remember that you, dear pastor or church leader, are not the chief shepherd or pastor. 
You are an under-shepherd at best. Jesus is the head of the church. He is the chief shepherd of the people. And you and I report to him. And woe unto you and me if we should wound the sheep of the chief shepherd. All right, now let's talk about humility for a moment. Imagine if I gave you a hypothetical choice. You could A, run a marathon on a 100-degree day with no shoes and a 500-pound weight strapped to your back with attack dogs nipping at you the whole way, or B, it's a 75-degree day, but instead of running the marathon, you get to sit in one of those fancy horse-drawn carriages with a roof and served a cold, cold beverage for the whole ride. What do you think would be easier? Well, if you can get that question right, and I certainly hope you can, then you can understand the power of humility, which is an expression talking about the power of humility. Seems kind of like nonsense when you first hear it, but think of it in the context of 1 Peter 5, 5, which says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Well, which is easier, to have God actively resisting you or to run a race with like a 500-pound weight on your back? I I think I would rather face off against that weight, the heat, and those attack dogs than against the infinite God of the universe who created everything with a word. That's the power of humility. God's word says multiple times in different ways that he resists or opposes the proud. How awesomely horrible would it be to have God as your enemy? Well, not awesome at all, really. Not only does God resist or oppose the proud, but he actually helps the humble. This one tiny little verse should give us all the incentive we could ever need to walk in humility. I certainly don't want to be found struggling against God, and I doubt you do either. But wait, there's more. Walk in humility now, and we will send you two sharp steak knives that never need sharpening up. Oh, wait, hang on. Sorry, I got carried away there. But there really is more, says Peter. Not only does God oppose the proud and give grace to the humble, but Peter keeps going and writes in verse 6, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him because he cares about you. Look, those who walk in humility will not only receive more grace from God, but they will walk in the promise that at the right and appointed time, God will exalt us, which is so much better than we exalting ourselves, right? Well, let's close with a call to humility and a call to run away from pride from John Amazing Grace Newton. He says, spiritual pride will infallibly cause a declension or a decline in the divine life. Though the mind may be preserved from the infection of doctrinal errors, and though the power of gospel truth may for a time have been really experienced, if our attainments in knowledge and gifts and even in grace seduce us into a good opinion of ourselves as if we were wise and good, we are already ensnared, in danger of falling every step we take, of mistaking the right path and proceeding from bad to worse without a power of correcting or even discovering our deviations unless and until the Lord mercifully interposes by restoring us to a spirit of humility and dependence. For God, who gives more grace to the humble, resisteth the proud. He beholds them with abhorrence in a proportion to the degree in which they admire themselves. It is the invariable law of his kingdom, says Newton, that everyone who exalts himself shall be abased. Amen to that. 
Let's read our passage, which is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your cares on him, because he cares about you. Be sober-minded, be alert. Your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, looking for anyone he can devour. Resist him, firm in the faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your fellow believers throughout the world. The God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, establish, strengthen, and support you after you have suffered a little while. To him be dominion forever. Amen. Through Sylvanus, a faithful brother as I consider him, I have written to you briefly in order to encourage you and to testify that this is the true grace of God. Stand firm in it. She who is in Babylon, chosen together with you, sends you greetings, as does Mark, my son. Greet one another with a kiss of love. Peace to all of you who are in Christ. Amen. We close out with our Bible memory passage for the month of October. We read it every day in each given month so that we will remember the passage, then hide it in our heart. It is for this month, 1 John 4, 7 and 8, and say it with me if you'd like. Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from God and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.